0: Well, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and I welcome you to A Word from the Word Ministries. I am Evangelist Benny Riddle, and this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, This is our series called The Revelation, Revelation. The series for Now Time Living, and certainly we are living in the now times uh, that are talked about in Revelation. Before we get started, we're going to open with prayer. We're going to pray as the Lord taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6. 9 to 13, and he said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, y'all know the drill. Get your hard copy, your your smartphone, your iPhone, your dumb phone, your, your laptop, your PC, wherever you have your word, get it. Also, get pencil and paper so you can take notes. And then after this broadcast is done, Go back over them, read them again for yourself, and ask the Lord to show you the lesson that you need to learn, not nobody else, that you need to learn as the church because we are the church, not the building. He's not not giving these commandments to a building. He's giving them to people. We are the church. Like we've always said, the church is not the building that we congregate in to do our worship services. No, it's us. So I am going to ask you to join me in Revelation, the second chapter, and we're going to be picking up with the 18th verse. And it reads, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who have his his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I give her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto everyone of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest of their terror, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already held fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end To him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches." Okay, before we get off into this, just to recap a little bit, we have gone over three of the seven already. This is church number four. The first church was the church in Ephesus, and this is the one that the Lord say they had left their first love, and for them to repent, he was asking them to come back, and it's really funny how we as people, human beings, yeah, when we first get get saved, boy, we on fire, we got all kind of zeal, want to tell everybody about what we done found out, but then as time grows, that love or whatever kind of wanes away, and we start drifting off into other things. And that's what the church of Ephesus did. They left their first love and he told them to repent and come back. The second church was Smyrna. Smyrna is one of two churches that the Lord is not saying repent. We're going to get to the other one in a little bit. but And that church is Philadelphia. But for right now, Smyrna is or was a faithful and true church, regardless of what was going on. And we know about the town of Smyrna. Smyrna was a wealthy little place. Yes, it was. You know, it had all kind of trade, education, all that good stuff going on in it. But because in Smyrna, If you were a Christian and you had a business, people would not patronize you. If you came from a family, a wealthy family, and they found out that you were a Christian, a lot of times you got this on. But even though they might have been homeless on the street, they still had the love down in their hearts. They kept true, so they were faithful. Not too long ago, the last time we were together, we talked about the church in Pergamos. This was a compromised church. Yeah, they they had the the the, the appearance of what you would think would be a good thing, but Underneath, they really they 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 really were compromised. Um, they started holding on to the doctrines of Balaam, and the Lord did not like that. That's an idol, and you don't put nothing ahead of Him. Now we're going to talk about the church. At Thyatira. Hmm. Now, this church is a corrupt church. Yeah. This one is corrupt. So let's get off into this particular lesson. As we read in the first part of Revelation 2 and 18... The Lord says, and to the, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, right. Now, let us say something about this little place. Thyatira was the smallest and the least important of the seven cities and churches that Jesus is addressing in Revelation 2 and 3 because... With Thyatira, we're going to be ending Chapter 2. And when we meet again, we'll beginning, we, we, will, yeah, we will be beginning Chapter 3. Okay? Now, in history, it is said that there is no record that the Christians in Thyatira suffered any significant political or religious persecution, this little place was still a center for business and trade, and it had what they would call, they had a lot of gills, all right? In other words, you could say that these gills could be sex, not S-E-X, but S-E-C-T-S, or they could be like unions, like what we have today, uh, like, Book writers, especially with book writers, they might call them the book writers' guild. Um, the the musicians, it might be musicians' guild or musicians' union. Anyway, they had a lot of those, okay? Because trade is what kept that little place going. They also had different temples, just like the other church in Pergamos, they had different temples to the Greek and Roman gods because some of the Christians hmm, took on some of that teaching There's a woman by the name of Lydia, and she's mentioned in Acts, the 16th chapter, the 14th and 15th verse. Lydia was a tradesperson. She was a seller of fine cloth, and her, clo- her cloth was was dyed in purple. Theotera was famous for its purple dye, and there are many references made to this particular uh, uh, era or this particular town because in order for her to do business, she had to be a part of this guild, all right, However, let's, let's keep going. The Lord then said in the last part of that 18th verse, These things says the Son of God, whose eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Okay. Jesus is describing himself. and he in in his description he's he's emphasizing his part of the deity he names himself these things says the son of god god is the father okay so he is saying hey look i am his son and this is what i got to say now Uh, With our Hebrew teaching, I did find out that the Jewish thought is that to be a son of something meant that you had the nature of that something. So if you look at the phrase, the sons of the sorceress, that's made mention of in Isaiah fifty-seven and three. They had the nature of the sorceress, witchcraft. So here we're seeing that the Lord is saying, "I am the Son of God, who has the divine nature, the and that nature is." Of God, my Father, then he goes on to describe himself, where he says, "Who has eyes like a flame of fire, will we now, if we go back to Revelation one and fourteen, this is one of the visions this is the vision that John had of him when he was on the Isle of Patmos. Now, what you've got to understand is this. It's not that those eyes had flames coming out of them, okay? What it's intended to do is to emphasize or to help you understand how piercing, how penetrating his look is. I don't know if you all are familiar with this old saying, but there's an old saying about when a child, especially under the age of five and babies, okay, the old folks used to say, "Ooh, we that baby looking at you looked like looking right through you." That meant that that child had such a look till it was piercing that individual soul. And you see, we know just like we, well, we should know, children see us for who we really are before they're tainted by this world's isms and schisms. I always tell people the best judge of character is a baby and an animal because they see you for who you really are. Believe it. So this is what he's saying. His eyes were penetrating. And when, and when he looked at you, you can't help but to feel convicted. Because you know that he sees what you is and what you ain't. Yeah, I know I said it. Yeah. I know improper English. Let me correct it. He sees you for what you are and what you aren't right. Okay, now let's go back. (laughs) Um, So his eyes are penetrating. And then it talked about his feet being like fine brass. Okay, that's another description that John saw in the first chapter in the 15th verse when he talked about his, excuse me, when he talked about his feet. This is saying and representing his purity because brass, when it is highly refined in fire, during that particular time, it was the strongest known metal of the ancient world. So now this is describing his feet, his feet like fine brass, pure brass that's been tried by the fire, but guess what? They're strong and they are unmovable. That's what it means by that phrase, feet like fine brass. They are strong and unmovable, now, who would not want to praise and serve? A, 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 who are we? Okay? Now, when we move down to verse 19, Jesus is letting the Christians know in terror, he's letting them know what, he's letting them know that he knows what they have been doing. And if you notice, Every church that so far that the Lord has addressed, he always tells them, I know your works. So look, even though the church in Ephesus and Smyrna, but I put it like this, the church in Ephesus, Pergamos, and now Thyatira, even though they might be or might have been trying to put on the facade that they were true, the Lord is telling them, yeah, I see all of that. However, nevertheless, I still got something against you, okay? Because you not fooling me. I see you for what you are doing. So he tells them, Love, service, faith, and your patience. With them having all of this, you would think that, hey, they're a of the church. Hey, they're the model church. Well, yeah, on the outside. Then they had four more qualities. Service love, faith, and patience. And then he turned around and he said, as for your works, the last are more than the first. So he's complimenting them. He's really giving them a compliment. Not only was his church in Theotira working but they were also increasing. There was increasing in their works. There was increasing in their growth of love, service, faith, and patience. But now in verses 21, I'm going to say 20 and 21, we're going to find out now that he's got something against them. He said, Nevertheless, the King James Version says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Wow. All right. Here the Lord is saying, when he said, nevertheless, we talked about that word, or notwithstanding, we talked about that word earlier, Admit, despite all the good, despite all of that what you're doing, I still have something against you, and he goes on to let them know what it is. He says, because you allow that woman, Jezebel now. We know that Jezebel was made mention of in the Old Testament in 1 Kings, the 16th through the 21st chapter, and then she was made mention of again in 2 Kings, the 9th chapter, the 30th through the 37th verse. But this is not necessarily saying that this is this woman's actual name. He's calling her this because she is being like that woman in the Old Testament named Jezebel. She's patterned her life after her. Jezebel called herself a prophetess. So this is what he's saying. This name has a very powerful association because it's just like if we call somebody a Judas or a Hitler, that is really saying something strong because even though my name may be Benny and somebody called me a Judas, that means that I am acting like that character same way with Hitler, and we know that he was truly detrimental, okay? So if we say that anybody is acting like him, okay, you're showing those tendencies of wanting to be this dictator. you wanting to have things your way or, or the highway, okay? Sounds similar to what we got in Washington. Anyway, back to the lesson. Um, (laughs) so the Lord is saying that this woman, he's calling her this Jezebel. Now, some people think that this woman could have been, um, a wife or the wife of a pastor. We don't know for sure. However, that's just one train of thought that they're thinking that she might have been a pastor's wife. And you know what's sad to say? Mm. <laughs> if we look at it today, Some of our pastors' wives can either draw or run people away. Yeah. I've seen and I've heard too many instances of where the pastor's wife has overstepped her bound. Yeah. And I've seen and I've heard how some pastors' wives put themselves in the place of a prophetess. And they, even though that man's supposed to be the pastor of the church, they virtually run the church. Okay? So, just to give you an idea of this individual, and in comparison of what we see going on in a lot of our churches right now. He calls herself, she calls herself the prophetess. She wasn't a prophetess. She only claimed to be one. But with some of the Christians, they received her as that. And that is why the Lord is warning them, A, hey, you are allowing her. What are they allowing her to do? They were allowing her to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Wow, this this right here is where the Lord is describing that actual specific sin that this woman Jezebel is doing. She was being very immoral and ungodly, and was influencing others. She was leading others into that mess. She led other people, some Christians and other people, into immorality and idolatry. Yeah. When it say commit fornication and eat things sacrificed unto idols. Okay, let's look at that for a second. Because of because of the strong trade guild in this town, sexual immorality and eating things that were sacrificed to the idols was probably, some say, connected to these guilds and was mandatory. And the reason why they say it was mandatory is because If you did not participate in any of those meetings held at the Temple of Apollo, yeah, see, um, you didn't get no trade. You didn't get no business. So she would allow or would encourage the men to go to these meetings, and guess what? She would dress it up just like the enemy does. Deceiving, you know, the Lord, hey, the enemy knows how to use the Lord's word, yeah, and he'll twist that thing and and, and have you so deceived. So she encouraged them and sometimes probably used, as she would call, a prophetic word (laughs) for these men to go. And guess what, when they got there, they fell into the trap. They fell into the immorality, and they fell into the idolatry. Like I said, if you did not participate in those things, no merchant or trader could even hope to be prosperous or make money unless he was a member of that guild. And then the Lord goes on to say, my servants. She corrupted the servants of Jesus. She corrupted them, led them down that road. And how many, uh, let's look at the churches today, y'all. How many churches do we have that is not teaching the word or they'll try to teach the, or they'll be teaching the word with their own twist? Yeah. Yeah. and you're misleading and you're misguiding the people. Sad to say, you will be held accountable for those souls that you misled. In Mark 9 and 42 it says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a milestone or a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Wow. That's how serious the Lord feels about people misleading his servants Then the Lord says in Revelation 2 and 24, he said, Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. This is going to be a link in here where the doctrine and then the depths of Satan are discovered. The question arises, how could Christians ever fall for the depths of Satan? Well, it goes back to what we just said. Deceptive teaching, deceptive reading, reasoning, not fully understanding, not reading the word for yourself. You're depending on somebody else to give it to you. When you got the Bible, read it for yourself. Because like Pastor Mobley would always say, the discipline has been so fragmented till the disciplined don't know the discipline anymore. Because you then took a piece of this and took a piece of that, and you want to put a title of denomination on it, and he ain't caring about that denomination. You need to stay with his word. Okay. But the depths of this, for us to be able to effectively confront the devil, we have to know how he operates. And the Lord shows us in his word how he operates. So if we read his word, there will be no misguided spiritual warfare. If we read his word. If we read his word. Then the Lord turned around and he said, and I gave her time to repent. And she did not repent. Hmm. Now, we need to understand something about that one. When he said that he gave her time to repent, that meant that, you know, it was showing God or the Lord's mercy, God's mercy, and God's judgment. When we done did wrong, he gives us time to repent. And by right, if we call ourselves Christians, we're supposed to treat others the same way. But when he gives us time to repent, that doesn't mean that it's an unlimited time. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. When he gives us time to repent, it does not mean that it is an unlimited time. It might seem like a long time to us, but see, he doesn't function on our time. He doesn't function in our space because he tells us all the time. Our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our little pea brains can't fathom what he thinks about. We would be truly overwhelmed. We would, if we were to to be like him and think like him, okay, we know that our brain is electrical because we got all kind of nerve endings and synapses going on in the brain and, you know, connections and everything, guess what? We would short-circuit because it would be overwhelming in this earthly vessel. However, he tells us in Genesis 6 and 3, he says, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. So it means that, okay, I'm going to give you time. Yeah. Yeah. But it don't mean that it ain't going to come to an end, okay? We have to, we must take advantage of the time that he gives us to repent. Mm. Okay, let's bring it home here for a second. Let's look at this pestilence that's going through this nation and around this world. The Lord has been telling us over and over and over again, you're on a stray too far away from me. You need to come back. You're straight too far away. I need for you to come back. You're going too far in the left field. I need you to come back. He sent this message in all kind of ways. And now look at what we got. He said, oh, you didn't listen? Okay. Well, I'm going to let you see now who is in control. That's the reason why you hear us say, if you didn't have a relationship with him, you need to get one why the getting is good, why he is still the loving Savior. hmm. Because, see, when he comes back, he is going to be the warrior and the judge. And then it's too late. And ain't no need in crying, oh, Lord, forgive me. Uh-uh. I gave you plenty of time before I came back here. Then, because you allow, wow. This is showing the sin of the church. Like I said before, on the outside, they looked like they might have been the model church, looked like they might have had it going on. But on the inside, they were corrupt by these sinful acts that they were doing. In verses 22 through 25, the Lord is telling them what he wants this church to do. He say, indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed." and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Theotera, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. He said that he'll cast her into a sickbed. (laughs) Along with those that commit adultery with her. In other words, he's saying he's going to chastise her. Just like Jezebel got punished and chastised in the Old Testament, he said that he's going to do the same for this individual. And he said, along with those who commit adultery, Okay, that word adultery is covering two areas, sexual adultery and spiritual adultery. Because these people had fell into that trap, some of them were married, some of them weren't. But that's the physical, that's the sexual, that's that human Okay, and then there's the spiritual adultery, and that spiritual adultery is when Christians, us, his church, honor other gods, or we fall away from him because we want to follow something else. That is a spiritual adultery. We're not being faithful and true to who we say we supposed to be hooked up with. When he said that he would cast her into the sick bed, this is where he's trying to show that she is going to go through some type of affliction, because the sickbed, when you say a person is in their sickbed, that means that they're going through some type of affliction. Or they're actually going through some type of illness or sickness, okay? But he's saying that he's going to cause this to come up on her because she ain't repenting. The only way it would stop, he said, unless they repent of their deeds. If they don't repent, that is going to be the purpose of his chastisement. Repent of their deeds. They're not listening to him. And he couldn't be speaking any plainer. You know, how plain does he do He have to make it? They were living through that particular time. They knew what he was talking about. And then he turned around and he said, And all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and the hearts. When it said that He searches the minds and the hearts, going back to our Hebrew teaching, now Hebrew lesson, according to the ancient Jews, The heart was the place of intellect, and your kidneys was the place of your emotions. So he can deal with your mind, your brain, and your emotions. Then he went on to say, I will kill her children with death. Wow. Yes, all men do die. And when we say man, we're not being gender specific, okay? Every man must die. But every man is not killed by death. It's a bad thing to be killed by death. And what I mean by that is not dying physically, but you can have a spiritual death. You can wish for physical death to come, but he'll be turned it over that that won't even show up. He'll keep death away. Mm. Yes, we do die. And that is death. Yes, it is. But this particular one that he's talking about is more drastic when he allows something to happen that will kill you. Yeah, we die. We die from old age. Yeah. Some of us have illnesses. We die from those. Yeah. Because a lot of our illnesses, some of them do end up in death. But when you're healthy, excuse me, and... The Lord has given you warning after warning. And he is showing you the error in your ways. And you're so hard-hearted and you're so arrogant. It goes back to the saying, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Okay? This is what happens. He's telling them, because they are in this immorality in this adultery and you're not listening to me, I'm going to let something happen to you guys. I'm going to let death come in and just wipe you out. But guess what? To those of you that are true and have not taken on that doctrine, Okay? He says, hold fast what you have till I come. Don't stop doing good. What we say, don't grow weary in well doing. Keep up, keep the work. Don't be distracted, don't be discouraged. That's what he wants us to do. And this day and time, with so many things out here that can distract us, that can pull us away, we have to remain faithful. We got to be like the horse with the blinders on, okay? We don't see nothing on the side. All we see is what's straight in front of us. We see the finish line, and that's what we are running towards. And like, like pastors say, we're not being swept away by every strong wind and doctrine, okay? Then it comes down to where we're going to be in verses 26 through 28. He promises a reward. He said, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now remember, when he uses he, he ain't just talking about men. He's talking about all of us, men and women. Children of the king, okay, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like potters' vessels, as I also have received from my Father, and I will give them, give him the morning star. Okay. He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end. Even though we see all of this mess that's going on around us, just like the church in Theatira. We're seeing Jezebel, or this woman being called Jezebel, misleading people, leading them down into immorality and idolatry. What we see similar to what we see now, a days. We cannot let these things pull us. We gotta remain steadfast because he's promising us a reward. He said he's gonna give us power over the nations. That means that his people, us, we're going to reign with him. And that's special. That's a special promise. To those of us that overcome the immorality, the idolatry, Jesus is offering a share in his own kingdom. We can rule with him. That's magnificent. Then he said, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. In Psalms 2, it speaks of that. You go back and read it in Psalms 2, and it speaks of the authority that our Messiah has and that he will have when he rules over the earth. When he rules, and those of us with him rule, righteousness will be enforced. (laughs) And those that rebel against it, They're going to be dashed to pieces like those jars of clay. That iron rod is going to come down and unrighteousness is not going to be allowed. Immorality and idolatry will not be allowed. We got to remember whose team we own we own on the winning team. And he, we're not going to allow that. He's not going to allow that. Then he said, I will give him the morning star. Hmm. Did you all know that one of the names of Jesus is the bright and morning star? Hmm. So guess what? He's uh, he's going to give us him. Think about it. What greater gift could you have? The bright and morning star, he's going to reward us with himself. A, where he is, I want to be. For real, for real. Then in verse 29, and we're coming down to the close, he says, like all the other letters, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This letter is applied to everybody. It applies to those who are like Jezebel, those who are leading others into sin. It applies to those who follow the teachings of Jezebel and follow others into sin. It applies to those who permit a Jezebel to work her wickedness. And then finally, it applies to the faithful, Who must hold fast? He who has an ear, not a physical ear, but a spiritual ear, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that concludes chapter two. When we get together tomorrow, we'll be going into chapter three. I'm asking you to read ahead. Um, I'm going to unlock this. If we have any comments or questions now, you can ask before we close.
1: Um, Good evening. Uh, This is Sister Nadine's uh, Sister Little.
0: how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, thank God. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Uh I I first of all, I just want to say thank God for the uh teaching of his word. And um this has really been uh an eye opener as well as a ear opener and um you have made a statement um about the uh, children seeing us for who we for who we really are. Mhm. That's just like the 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 word of God when it finds us, it finds us and sees us for who we really are and we can't we can't fool God. Exactly. And then you made a statement um where you said I still have something against you that was pertaining to verse 21 Mm -hmm. Um, when we don't follow the word of God like we're supposed to and follow his commandments yes definitely he has something against us and that has -hmm. I got to be honest that has hit hit home, you know, because um, I haven't been diligently uh, seeking him like I used to. You know, I would do my best to try to get up in the morning to um, listen to the word. Sometimes I'll catch it, sometimes I don't, but he's not looking for me to try I need to just get up, be obedient to his word, mm-hmm. and do what it is that I need to do. You know, and so I just thank God for the teaching of the word. And like I said, it has hit home. So I, I thank you very much.
0: Also, uh, to Nadine, guess what? I appreciate you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, You know what? We all, we all done fell in that category. Mm Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, we all have. And like you,
1: we have
0: to pull ourselves back. Oh, yeah. Just like, you know, he gives us that opportunity, just like we were saying here in a lesson where he said, I gave Jezebel time to
1: repent, but she didn't. Uh Uh-huh. Right. <laughs>
0: so while we got the time, we need to be getting it straight.
1: <laughs> I know that's right. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes, you know, indeed.
0: We need, to, we, we need to be getting it straight.
1: Yes, that's yes. That's
0: I made the reference to what is going on now with this pestilence.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. He
0: gave us warning after warning after warning.
1: Yes, Yes.
0: Y'all straying too far. Y'all straying too, too far. Too
1: far, yes. Absolutely.
0: Us with our arrogant selves. Hello. I got plenty of time. I plenty of time. I do what I want to do. Yes, You ma'am. know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So now. I know exactly what you mean.
0: It's not that he's doing it. No. But he's allowing it to be done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the reason why I say that is this: If we go back to the book of Job,
1: uh-huh. and
0: in the book of Job it has this, has the, the 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 reading about where God the Father had called together mm-hmm. all I call it his chiefs his chiefs of staff. Yes. And guess who was there? Lucifer.
1: My God.
0: He was there too. Yeah, and everybody around the table gave report about what they had done and mm-hmm. what was going on.
1: Right. And
0: remember, he asked Lucifer, "Okay, I'm down to you now. What are you doing?"
1: Mm-hmm. And two
0: say, "I'm doing what you put me down I'm there doing. to do. I'm you I'm going back and forth, I mess up?"
1: Mm-hmm. My God. And
0: then he said. Have you conser- considered my servant Job? Mm. Lucifer said to him, "Well, I can't mess with him. You got a hedge around him. Now get to where listen to what I'm where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. You got a hedge around him. It ain't nothing I can do,
1: Lord Jesus.
0: But I bet you if you lower that hedge, I'll make him cuss you to your face."
1: Mm. Jesus. The Lord
0: called him on his
1: boldness. Called him oh, on. Yes, okay, he that's did. the way
0: you feel <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, tell you what. I will let you do what you do, but on one condition.
1: Yes it you you cannot touch, touch his touch soul. soul. That's right. That's it. Can't touch so his soul. So what is
0: that telling us? Hmm. Do get his instructions from the same one we get ours from. Right? Hello.
1: Yes indeed. Yes. <laughs>
0: So God is not the one that shut down the church or shut down the financial institution. He ain't the one that made the stock market drop. He ain't all the right. one that making this here radiation from this 5G network come through here. He Jesus. ain't the one. But he's allowing it.
1: Allowing it. hmm.
0: To happen for what? For us to come back Once to him. We get That's it all I'm right. saying.
1: Yes, we got to get it right.
0: What did he do with Pharaoh and when Moses went?
1: Sure. Uh, uh, uh.
0: Every time Moses went, no, I ain't gonna do it.
1: He Every time it was, a, it. it
0: was a plague, and each mm-hmm. plague got worse.
1: Yes. And the harder the plague, the harder Pharaoh got.
0: Exactly.
1: Mhm.
0: But guess what? The Lord wasn't, good, but He allowed that to happen. Yes. Mhm. To do what? To prove to Pharaoh, hey, you ain't that almighty thing that you think you are.
1: Hello. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now,
0: any time mm. you got somebody that can make a whole world stop.
1: Oh. Jesus. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying?
1: Who wouldn't serve no. a God like that? Hey. Mm. My, my,
0: my. He's still showing us. I still got control.
1: Yes, he is. Mm
0: -hmm. Now I'm trying to give you time to repent before I crack the sky again. Because see, when I crack the sky again, it's Mm. over, y'all. A through piece if you ain't did it.
1: Mm. Mm -mm. And God
0: knows, Sister Nadine, I don't want to be a through piece.
1: Me either. (laughs) Me either. Hey, no, no, that's no, why no. I
0: ask him. You know, show me where I did, Lord. I, especially when you know that you done did wrong.
1: Hello, hello. I just thank God for 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 another chance and thank you. Know, you. I, I just gotta gotta get it right. Gotta get it right. That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Each day, I thank yes. Lord. I said, Lord, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right.
1: Yes. So I'm looking do I forward hmm to tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do. I do get yeah. a chance to get it right. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he allowed the, that, that enemy to pop up and want to push the buttons. And I try yeah. not to let him push the buttons. But Sister Nadine, like you say, being honest.
1: I know. Mm-hmm.
0: That rascal know exactly what button to push.
1: Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yep. But thank God for his mercy and his grace. Ooh, we. Yes, Lord. Ooh, we. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we.
0: So, yes, ma'am. Don't feel bad. We all. No, I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. We're all still works in progress and, yes, in process. and
1: process. Yes. Yes. hmm.
0: That's the reason yes. why I say when we read about these churches.
1: Mhm.
0: You're gonna see yourself,
1: see yourself in one yes.
0: if not all. Mhm. Cause Absolutely. somewhere along the line we done been corrupted.
1: Mm-hmm. Guess what?
0: I was born and raised in church.
1: Okay? Oh my god. I know.
0: Every time that door opened, me, my mama and daddy, we was running up in there some kind of way.
1: Wow. But mm-hmm. guess what? When mm-hmm. I got grown Yeah.
0: I'm going to do
1: what I think Our own thing, yeah. See? Mm hmm. You want to do our own thing.
0: And like I said, one of them things that I was doing, he told me if you don't come back to me,
1: you're going to die. You're going to die, yeah. I remember you saying that yesterday. Mm hmm.
0: <laughs> he wasn't talking about a physical death,
1: he uh-huh. was talking about
0: the spiritual death.
1: Spiritual
0: death. Hey! And when you know that, you know that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes.
0: When you know the foundation, when you know the rules. Hello. That's the reason why he says judgment is going to happen in the house of God first because mm. we know what the rules are.
1: We know what the rules are. Exactly. mm I tell you.
0: That's all we can say, Sister Nadine, is wow. Well.
1: That's it. That's it. Yes, That's indeed. all we
0: can
1: say. Well, I'm sure looking forward to tomorrow.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to be going into the third chapter. The third
1: chapter, right.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. And that one, come on. Well, now, look.
1: Mm, that's the church in Sardis or something Sardis. like that?
0: Sardis, uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep, we're going to be talking about the church in Sardis. Yes. So do we have any other comments before we close today? Um, Evangelist Riddle. Yes, sir. Uh, I was looking at verse 22 when you were speaking about how Jesus said, behold, I will cast her in a bed. Would that be referring to um, he would be allowing physical pain Uh to to punish the the sinner? Physical pain instead of just taking him out right away? Uh Uh-huh. He would cause her to come up with some type of ailment or a actual illness, or some type of calamity that would cause her to be sorrowful. But, yeah, when he said that he'll put her into a bed, is that the one you're talking about? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Um, because he gave her time to repent, and she didn't yeah that's what he's saying. he's going to do. He's going to allow uh uh ailments, illness, pestilence, whatever he got to do, so, things that would make her, yeah, sick, eventually that would take her up out of here. yeah, he would allow those things to happen, okay because she refused them. Because guess what? She's so caught up in that doctrine till, in a way, if she didn't bring herself back, that's where she would remain. And, and he, let me get back to that. In verse 21, I will cast her into a bed, verse 22, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. You know, great tribulation is trials, uh, persecution, like what the, 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 the early church was going through, um, because she wasn't right. And and like he said, I done gave her time to repent, and she didn't. So this is going to be her punishment. Yeah, I will cast her into that. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. Thank you very much. Okay. And like I said about the adultery, we got physical and sexual adultery. And one is just as bad as the other because we are going against the rules on all sides. (laughs) All sides. We know physically, if we, we're not even, we're not supposed to fornicate. That's sex before marriage, Um, adultery, having relations with somebody that's other than your husband or wife. And then the spiritual where we are turning against our Creator. Like like we just said, because we know what the rules are, but we just simply refuse to follow. I thank you all for joining me today. And I look forward to us being together tomorrow. Uh, May the Lord continue to bless and continue to open up our knowledge and our wisdom, our understanding. These are the things that that pastor has been teaching about in the morning. Us having wisdom, but most of all, we need to have an understanding. And when we open this book, To read this book, or any book in the Bible, let us learn how to read it with purpose. And that purpose is, Lord, show me where I need to change, what I need to correct. Thank you for giving me your glory and your mercy and time to get it right. Having said that, we're going to close with prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: And remember,
0: the Lord loves you, and we do too. Be blessed.